This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, welcome everybody to yet another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. I'm delighted this morning to be joined by uh, Dave Fevs and uh, Ian um, and uh, myself, obviously. Uh, and we're talking in the wake of a 1-0 defeat against former Premier League side Southampton. Um, no disgrace losing to a side that has got a much bigger financial advantage than we've got Uh Ian and Dave, I'll start with you, Dave, first. Yeah, what were your thoughts at the final whistle? Just a brief, not detailed analysis of the game, but, you know, not too disheartened. I thought it was a, an all right performance. I think there were good bits and, and bad bits in it. And kind of, I think it typified kind of how we've played this season, really. In that, that, you know, it's some, sometimes we've, we've played some good stuff and sometimes we've, we've not played some, some good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think... They scored a worldie to, to win the game, but I think second half they kind of dominated it a bit and uh, probably, you know, they might have got something if they'd not got that one as well. So uh, I, I, it, it was, there wasn't a lot in it and no. I think there's, you know, encouragement to be taken, I think. Yeah. Ian, your your uh, thoughts at 9.30 or whenever it was? Look, the first half was an excellent performance, probably our best performance away from home this season we should have gone in 2-0 up but at the moment poor old Tommy Conway can't buy a goal um in the second half I, I don't really want to say we reverted to type but we did um I think Southampton up their game Russell Martin obviously got into them at half time and said look you need to be right right on top of your game you need to pass the ball quicker uh one thing I noticed a lot was when they passed the ball to their forward players or their players in midfield and our players got touch tight. They turned us quite easily and got into space in between the lines. Mm. But overall, I thought the first half, it, it's what happens when you play good teams and you're not clinical. Yeah. And the difference between Saturday was Saturday, we got the two goals 
albeit one was a penalty. Um, and on um, and last night we didn't. Second half, I was disappointed, and we lost Naismith through injury, which is becoming a little bit too prevalent. Well, somebody said on Twitter last night, a bit of a he is turning into a bit of a sick note. Um, Dave, the lineup um, there was a predicted well, an assessment. Everybody knew Campring wasn't going to play. Um, there's two things about the lineup or the, the match day squad. Was it, did, did we, and I'll hold my hand up. I've only seen the highlights of the game. All right. So I'm, I'm not professing to get into the detail. The BBC shows the lineup almost like as a back three of uh, Viner, Dickey and Naismith with Tanner and uh, Sykes pushing up as um, de facto wingbacks. But you know, the lineup, did it, it wasn't surprising. And how did it have that three, five, two about it or not really? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think the eleven itself, I don't think anyone would have been hugely surprised going into the game with, with that eleven. Um I think it was natural for Naismith to come in for, for Pring without making too many changes. But uh, as you said, yeah, we did play a back three. So we did play those three. And at times our wing backs played more like full backs and at and at times they played like 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 wing backs. Um what we did do, we we played a depend on how you want to if you want to call it a back three we played a three four three if we want to say we had a back five and we played a five two three we played night wide not wide on left on the left of left of the three up front which is where he typically plays for ireland um obviously conway in the middle and played bell on the right and then we had james and gardner hickman as the the two in midfield and and you know we when we didn't have the ball we we made it difficult for them and kind of basically went into a kind of five four one at, at that point um, but what we did do in the first half was we we sprung quite well. Um, I, Ian Ian said earlier, kind of you know, best away or first half is the best we've we've played kind of in a half this season. I, I thought there were a couple of other games this season away from home where we we played really really well, um, and and that was um, Hull and Swansea. I thought we created plethora of chances in 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 those games. So those games, that first half reminded me of those two games. That's probably what I'd say. Mm, okay, Ian, the the lineup. Uh, what was causing some consternation amongst fans before was that he's only named seven subs. Now you know that there's an argument for filling the bench with youngsters. What was your thoughts on the lineup and that? Um, you know, leaving two empty seats on there. I think the reason he leaves two empty seats is he'd rather that the under twenty ones played 90 minutes this week without the inconvenience of travelling down to Southampton and sitting on a cold bench all night and not getting a game. Uh, because, no, let's be honest, no footballer likes to not get a game. Um, so it, it's very rare. I mean, what, what could you do if you added in another two? Who else was there? You could have played uh, Yeboa, I suppose, uh, not Yeboa, um, Arroyo, who seems to have I wouldn't say disappeared off the scene, but he doesn't seem to have been anywhere near the first team under Pearson or Manning. Um, we've got a few lads out on loan. So was he going to strengthen the squad, particularly by bringing in a couple of youngsters? No. For me, no. Or you, you can only play five subs anyway. So I mean, Give the experience, want... though, warming up in front of a crowd. No, what, no? what difference is that going to make? I mean, some of, these, some of these young kids play international games where they'll be watched by quite a few people. So, you know, for the, for their under-18s or under-21s, 
so yeah you 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 can do it as i think it's a little bit of a reward but they're training with the first team because um leah manning said they're they're playing a few 11 11 v 11s so no i, I think i think it's understandable it, if we had a stronger squad you know if we had if naki was fit it would have been eight and if um ross mccrory was fit he might have started but it, it you know it would have been nine so i think it, as soon as it that'll naturally de develop there okay dave your comment yeah, that, that's going to agree with you. And I saw you posted someone on Twitter saying you had the answer, and I was kind of waiting with bated breath this morning to to see what it was. And I had a similar conversation with a with a guy last night. I'm, I think if someone's knocking on the door of of the first team, then I'm sure he would have put them in the squad. But I think there is that that very valid point that the under twenty ones had a game on Monday. They'll have been preparing for that, and they'll be doing their post match stuff from that to not be included i i was i guess i was surprised that both raf and tane anderson who's a guy that's been getting a little bit of a noise about him um who's a, a left back um both neither of them played in the under 21s on on a monday and i did think oh i wonder whether they're being kind of armed to to be in the squad for last night but they're not so maybe they've both got an injury i don't i don't know but that, that was kind of just the point i want to add on to agreement with ian mm. Okay. Well, as I say, I didn't see the game, but I did watch the highlights. Memorable for uh, three incidents, uh, two with Tommy, one with uh, Sykes. Um, and, uh, well, I'll let both of you give your views on all of them. You first, Dave. Um, Tommy's header, Sykes brought a save. Tommy, one-on-one. -on -one. That's successive games he's had that. And uh, I know he scored the pen, but... Uh, you know, we should have gone in two nil and convert or one nil converted one of those three, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's football. The hardest thing in the game is to stick the ball in the back of the net. You know, I think Tommy's Tommy's header, I think, hit him more than anything. I think Zach's run right in front front of him, and you know, try to get on the end of it before him. And I, I guess the striker, you kind of should anticipate that Zach's not going to get the touch and, and do a bit better. So yeah, it was a, a good opportunity. The 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 one on one, you know, funny enough, doesn't even doesn't even count as a, a chance in the in the in the stats because he didn't get a shot off. But um it's funny, I was talking to someone once again, talking to someone else at the weekend about the one on one he had on Saturday. And I I would have gone round the keeper to the left on Saturday. Um, but I think I thought the keeper did ever so well because to, to kind of position himself and make himself very big and and yeah, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a good opportunity, and you you kind of hope he's going to score. But I think it's surprising how many one on ones are missed by footballers a, a, across the championship. And Tom, Tom is, in fairness, a, a pretty decent decent finisher. And and I think you know he'll probably bag the next one. Um, and then Sykes' his header. What a wonderful save from the keeper. I, you know, yeah. I thought it was a really we difficult chance for Sykes. The Sykes one on one, and then the header. Yeah, he did. Yeah, definitely. I think you know Sykes. Sykes to kind of head a bouncing ball that's been pinged across the box. I thought he did really well to kind of get it on target and then, you know, kind of waiting for the net to go and the keeper's clawed it away from nowhere. So, yeah, but a bit unlucky. Um, they, had, they had their chances as well, though. So I don't think we should forget that in the first half. And City played well in general, didn't they, Dave? You know, so, I, I mean, I've only highlighted the three chances, which is what I saw. They were the highlights. But were you, in, were you impressed that first half? Was it the best of what we'd seen on Saturday against Borough? Yeah, I thought we moved the ball ball well. We we sat in, and but what we did do when we when we did win the ball back, and typically we we won it 
perhaps off their midfield rather than off their forwards, we were then able to kind of spring into a, into attack and we, we got to good positions. And, I, and there were a couple of bits as well where we did get into good positions and then we kept the ball and we waited for the right moment. I think there was one where we ended up, I think Sam Bell had come in off the right-hand side and we played it around a bit and then we went out wider, Mark Sykes and Akers on the left and then he cut in and, and ha- had a shot that got deflected wide for a corner so we we showed that little bit of patience as well so yeah i i i, I, I pretty much enjoyed the, the first half there were lots of yeah. positive signs there. ian would you endorse dave's you and take us through those individual chances you know i mean you 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 what i hear what dave said that you know well that's football it happens like that sometimes but law of averages you want to get one of those and then it is a different game isn't it yeah yeah, I think if we'd have gone in at halftime two 0 up, I'd have, I'd have put decent money on us winning the game. Um, you know, you forget two nils uh, an awkward lead. I mean, I'd rather be going two 0 up than two 0 down. That's for sure. Um, we were the better team in the first half, and you have to bear in mind they've got Herberts down there on fifty, sixty grand a week. So our players aren't going to be <clears throat> or shouldn't be individually better. And it's all right saying, well. You know, they sold Ward-Prowse, they sold some of their better players. Yeah, so wait, we sold Semenyo and Scott. And if they'd have been playing last night, I think we'd have definitely won. So um, I, I was I was very pleased with the first half. I mean, our, our, they all looked like they knew what they were doing. It was it, one thing about the fullbacks. People keep saying, "Oh, why, why don't, why don't George Tanner get forward more?" And I've said before, I'd be if I was a fullback in that team or before Manning got there, I'd be absolutely terrified at going forward because we lose the ball high up the pitch. Happened for the goal last night. To be honest, um, we lost possession in our final third. Ten to fifteen seconds later, it's in the back of the net. Uh, so th- that that's something that shows that we didn't we didn't get that that phase of play right uh, and and that'll happen um but yeah i mean w- with the three at the back it gives the full backs the wing backs more license to get forward and if we were playing wing backs normally you'd expect to see mark sykes on the right and campering on the left mm. but i thought george tanner was one of our better play- was one of our best players last night i think he had a really good game defensively he got forward he showed he can attack and he can cross the ball um, so I think he can play there, but it's that I'll call it a comfort blanket of knowing he's going to be covered when he bombs forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd, because of injury, unless we, we, we blood one of the youngsters I've been talking about, we're probably going to have to revert to a back four on Saturday, I would guess. Uh, I, I'd still make some make a, a, another tactical tweak in playing two forwards. Let's talk, well, let's talk about Saturday, Sunday. In terms of last night, Tommy has been a good finisher. He's lacking confidence at the moment. Mm. Um, on, on Saturday, it, it, Dave said he'd have tried to take the ball around the keeper. Shows were all different because I'd have tried to dink it over him um when he came out and, and and he was down it wasn't like he came out and stood up for a long time he came out and got down quickly um i, I just tried to dink the ball over him that that and last night i think he should have taken the shot earlier before the keeper was set or could get set um there was a big change in finishing and wayne allison had a season when he started scoring goals he was missing 
and he'd been coached to take the take the shot earlier. Don't get so close to the keeper. Uh, don't give him the option of coming out and smothering it. Now, sometimes you can't help that because you just haven't got any room and you're eight yards from goal and the keeper's right on top of you. But other times, like, like Saturday and like last night, Tommy ran through, so he had more choices. But as he got close to the keeper, those choices completely diminished. The header, I think he, he must have been um, unsighted. Because he sort of he, he lurched back, didn't he? Well, the ball Zach, hit him more, more right, or less. right in front of him, Ian. Yeah, and it was I, it looked like that because he looked. It was like, oh, I'm not going to get it. Oh shit! Mm. And and it went over the bar. And yeah, we've done that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, do I think Tommy's Tommy's a real good player and on his day a real good finisher? Yes, but he, he needs to get goals. Needs to be confident, which is why I'd start Cornick next to him because he needs some help and, yeah. and however we play we're not suddenly tomorrow you know and I, I some of the comments after three games i could cry i really could but i won't he he we're not going to start suddenly playing cosmic football with exactly the same players of course we're not i'm ever so sorry and all that but it's not going to happen no, no. so you know people say well i can't see much difference i can i can see difference um, but I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see him have, have a have a partner up there because I think it would make us a better attacking right. team, and we definitely need that against Norwich because they're a team that are good in attack and they can't defend. Well, oh no, that's that's absolutely true. They're having a bit of a mixed season, aren't they, Dave? Um, we what we have seen, it's a bit worrying. We've had two games now where we've conceded goals immediately after the restart, you know, and Borough they came into that game one defeat in 12 so they probably got a roasting from uh, Carrick and within 52 with 52 minutes on the clock the lead had gone last night yes it was a worldy but 47 minutes gone as Ian said the play one minute we were attacking next minute 50 well 15 seconds later the ball's in the back of the net it was a worldy but is that a worrying trend I know it's just two games that Liam Manning will say come on you know we got to be on our metal in that first 10 minutes after the break um yeah i think you you answered it when you said it's it's just it's just two games for, for me it's, it's i'll wait for a lot longer before i kind of think it's a a, a trend or not i think as well the, the goal last night was completely different to the you know the, the one we conceded yeah. saturday so i i don't see a trend i think goals go in at all manner of time you know i I did some analysis in earlier in the season trying to look at I always felt that City conceded chances in batches, i.e. we didn't take the sting out of the opposition. And I did I you know, I did it up until Nigel got sacked and there's not really anything conclusive in it at, at all. So I think, you know, goals go in at whatever time they, they, they go in. We probably did have a trend at one point of conceding late goals. I think that was down to fitness and mental fatigue or whatever because at the time we were a poor side trying to try to rebuild and you know eventually we caved in and that that happens with poor sides um so yeah you know i'll, I'll wait a few more games and see what happens but uh, yeah do you think do you think he should have been closed down a bit dave do you think he should have been closed down <laughs> yeah i think matty james can do a bit better but i think you also look at it and think you know you're showing a a right back onto his left foot from just out, outside of 20 yards a, a, away 
you know, with kind of bodies in the way and it took a perfect shot to, to beat Max O'Leary. So, yeah, kind of shit happens, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, certainly did. And it was a decisive goal. Ian, uh, do you agree with Dave? You know, you're not going to stop a worldie like that. It's a bit, it was in its own way, not saying, but to some extent, a bit like TGH's almost, goal. It was identical to a goal we conceded against Burnley uh, at home last season where we show the and guy Benson. who was who was actually a left-footed right winger as is the, the modern vogue um showed him onto his left foot and he said thanks very much and stuck it in the top corner um and that time the offending player was uh, one alex scott who didn't get close enough to stop him doing it now great shot and i'm taking nothing away from the lad but he, if matty james had been half a yard closer to him it, that shot would have hit him so it's like all goals all, all goals at some point are preventable saturday we threw two in the net for him um particularly the the zach goal. i don't know um i don't know what zach was trying to do but whatever it was he, he should have done anything else but that um but once again as dave said stuff happens doesn't it so um and Zach has, has been a giant for us for the last season and a half. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we just, we say, right, okay, next time that happens, we do this. And up until then, um, I don't think Max had been really troubled. You know, it wasn't like they, there were shots coming in from all angles. Pepper the goal, they didn't pepper the goal is what you're saying, Ian. Yeah. Well, they had, they, had, they had five shots on target all night. Uh, well, okay, we only had one, but that that is a little bit of a quality issue. Uh, but on Saturday we had eight on target out of ten, so it, it's like Dave said. It, you know, you can't take two of anything and call it a trend. Uh, so no. let, let let's let's have a look and let's decide if we can um, uh, let let's decide if we can improve those things. Obviously coming back to coming back to it it's going to be subject to the number of players to the players that you can put on the field um and and for example naismith based on previous injuries he's going to miss at least 10 games if it is a hamstring please god it was a bit of cramp in it and he he'll be out there on saturday but i don't think so um and and you know you can't expect uh, that was the, the main the, the main thing or one of the main excuses call it reasons where you think well when have we been able to get what we would call our best 11 on the field and it, it's rare if never and, and that's the argument for those in the we should never have got rid of Pearson that he's not been able to get his best 11 on the field this season I mean Dave why why were we so and again didn't see the game so I'm just going on what people have said. Why were we so abject in the second half? Because, you know, there was such a turnaround, wasn't there, from, from what I'm reading, what people have said? Yeah, I think Ian said earlier that Southampton upped it. I think Southampton did a couple of different things. We didn't play as well. And, I, and I, you know, I think there is something in when you spend a lot of time chasing the ball and getting back into shape, it's kind of tiring for them when you do get the ball. And I think if we look at, I think um, I was watching uh, the, the pod the other day from the one you did at the weekend. And I think Ian referenced Leicester where I think it was 
might have done anyway. Um, when we got the ball there, we just gave it straight away. And that's what happens because you're working really, really hard to get the ball back. And then when you've got it, you're a bit, you're a bit kind of lacking in that kind of clinicalness to be able to do something with it. You know, we gave away, you know, some 10 yard passes in, in that first half when we played well, because you thought, actually, you know, we've just spent 10 minutes chasing it around. That's an exaggeration, but, and that, and that, you know, that's, that's what happens. And I think second half we came out and we couldn't get going and therefore we couldn't, can kind of get ourselves back into the game and, and and we therefore struggled. Southampton became dominant. They had a goal to defend as well, which meant that they didn't really have to come at us either. I think game states are really important in football as well and, and they kind of change how the game works. Southampton at 1-0 could really resort to playing Russell Martin ball and just knocking it around. I think they did, they did some slightly different things and I think we did some slightly different things from what we did in the first half um, in the first half when people like Alcaraz dropped into that little pocket um, after he'd swapped over with um, Armstrong and, and, and Adams our centre-backs came and followed him because they knew they had you know Naismith or Viner or Dickey were, were doing the covering behind second half that didn't happen mm. and then Ian referenced early on that when people like Algrath turned our midfielder suddenly he had space to drive into and that's because we'd not done the first part of that so you kind of some probably like Matty James probably think well if he goes through me here I know that Dick is going to be two yards behind me and he's going to snaffle up you know a, a, a touch and that wasn't there and they suddenly then were able to play in our third rather than play in front of our third or our defence and, and that was the big difference for me in the, in the second half was we never really got our self into the same shapes that we did in the in the, in the first half and i kind of hoping liam manning picks up on that or you know if is that due to the upside though? is that due to the opposition not allowing us to get in those shapes or yeah and, and, yeah. and, and you know just tweaking a few of the things that that, that they did as as, as mm-hmm. well but i think you know the goal means that they can just pass and pass and pass. They don't have to try anything clever. And I, I could just go back to kind of Middlesbrough game on, on Saturday. I thought our best spell in that first half was after Middlesbrough. And this is, we'll sound derogatory. It's not meant to be. It's probably actually a bit of, bit of praise. Was I think Middlesbrough got a bit bored that they couldn't break us down. So they tried to start doing things a little bit more um, cavalier. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, and we picked them off and we started to break on them. And and that's effectively where all of our chances came from on 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 Saturday was yeah. transition, and and what we weren't able to do last night was kind of pinch the ball and, and get into transition in the second half, and therefore we couldn't take any pressure off us, and it just become a kind of game where we we'd spend a while getting the ball back, and then we'd give it straight back, and and, and that kind of happens, and it's happened against those better quality teams, you know, mm. the Leeds, Leicesters and Southampton, although I don't think Southampton are in the same quality as Leeds and Leicester, but they're mm. games where those teams are better than us. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is, Ian, if you look at it, you know, we've played now the three relegated sides away from home, Leeds, Southampton and um, who's the other one? Leicester, yeah? And it's been one goal margins in each of them. So, you know, you've got to say, well, we're not doing too bad, really, are we? But, you know, what... what, what... Last night was was the best performance of those three in the first half. Beyond, yeah. We actually 
went up there, went to Southampton, and we gave him a game. We gave him a fright. Well, Leeds fans said that as well, mind you. And Leeds fans said, you know, because we saw the comments on YouTube, you know, a lot of them, they said, yeah. you, you're the first team that went to Ellen Road and tried to take us on, you know, and we, we scored in that yeah. one, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't ever like it. I mean, it, OK, look, if we draw Man City away in the FA Cup and we go up there, we don't want to, you know, give them a game of football and lose 8-0 um, or 8-2, something like that. So I appreciate in games like that, uh, you have to be a lot more defensive, attack entirely on the break, um, press them very occasionally because they'll play they'll play through you, round you, over you, go past you, anything you like. Uh, because then you're not talking about 50, 60 grand a week players. You're talking about 250 to 300 grand a week players. Mm. And it does make, a, you know, I, I keep talking about money, but it does make a massive difference. So uh, in any walk of life, not just football, um so um i was like i say pleased with the first half second half it was the stuff that they said we didn't do what we were doing in the first half now that that's probably 50 50 us not doing it 50 percent southampton not letting us um, yeah and and that's really all, all you all you yeah. can say about it but i, I certainly wasn't disheartened no, okay, Dave. The substitutions. The the well, no, Naismith went off with an injury on seventy, uh, but then there was a double substitution uh, uh, of uh, Cornick and Vyman coming on for Bell and Conway. I mean, Andy Vyman's not on his game at all at the moment. The Sam Bell's having a bit of a, a tough time of it. How, what what do you think of the timing of the substitutions and Sam Bell? And Vyman and Cornick's contribution. I'll ask you in the same question, but you first, Dave. I'm thinking in terms of timing, we needed to seem like we needed to make a change. We needed to find some way to get back in the game. Southampton were, you know, dominating the game at that point without necessarily creating tons and tons, although they, they looked a bit of a threat. So I think, you know, timing wise, yeah, about time to make a make a sub. I didn't think uh, Andy did hardly anything when he when he came on. Um You'll, you'll know I'm normally pretty favourable about Andy, but I don't think he got into the into the game last night at mm-hmm. all. I thought I thought Harry Cornick did did all right, and he's, you know, people are laughing at his heavy touch. Well, once again, that happens all over. You ran fifty yards with the ball, and you kind of get into that moment where you need to make the really really clinical decision, and you kind of <laughs> you're a bit gone, and uh, he just overran it. But I I thought he made another decent contribution. I think he's proven to be a useful member of a mid-table squad would you would you play him uh up front like ian suggesting in a two you know looking forward to Sunday? I, I i kind of you know without getting into formations because i'd be hypocritical if i did but uh i think what we do need is we need someone closer to tommy conway or we need two forward type players playing closer together somehow however you 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 do that you know probably okay. hard back to last season with when Semenyo was still here, Semenyo played halfway between a left winger and a and a centre forward, and therefore he was close to either Naki Wells or Tommy Conway, whoever he was mm-hmm. partnering. And also that that meant that they had a you know a physical beast up there with with them who could take a bit of the centre half battering that they might get. So I I yeah I, I think Ian's right. We we need we do need two up there. How we play those two is you know up for Liam Manning, I guess. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, Ian and Andy vibe, you know, Sam's having, yeah, I know he scored, was it four or five goals this season or what have you, and he did well for England the other week, but, you know, he does look a little bit like a little boy lost out there at the moment. And Andy Vyman, you know, well, Dave, mildly critical there. And he isn't usually. I, I've been saying Andy Vyman, you know, not on it at all this season. So you weren't going to shake it up. And then Anis came on with 15, 20 minutes, if you include added time. How did he play in what was a cameo? Because I thought he did all right in the little showing he did on the... Saturday against Borough. Well, he had an thought? opportunity when he got himself into the box and he was fronted up by two defenders. And during the watching the training clips, they were getting him to finish with his left foot quite hard across the keeper or up, in, up to the keeper's near post. So because he lacks confidence and lacks belief, he came in on his right foot straight into the two defenders and couldn't get a shot away. Um, and, and that is... Uh, it was a little bit like the, the Saturday one, where he actually forced the keeper to make a decent save with his left foot. Um, and, and that's what he should have done last night. So he didn't, uh, I don't think he did much wrong. Um, did all right, didn't he? See it the, sorry? He did all right, you know, didn't he? He did all right. I thought, yeah. like Dave, I thought Cornick was Cornick. He was effective. He was a pest. Um, he was a nuisance. And he did every bit as well as, as Tommy, because Tommy was an, uh, isolated and anonymous, was how I describe him in the second half. I thought Vyman and Williams were anonymous when they came on. You wouldn't have known, to be honest, you wouldn't have known Andy was playing. Um, and uh, Joe Williams didn't do great. So mm. I, I think it, it's you start to cast your mind to, well, what do we think is going to happen in January and what do we think is going to happen in the summer? And as you know, we've got eight guys, eight guys at a contract, and I think at the moment only Matty James is looking like someone you'd offer mm. an extension to, based on how he's doing now. But it, it does depend at the end of the season, and there's still a lot of time left in the season. Oh God, yeah, people to, definitely people to definitely. go from 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 zero to hero. Absolutely. I just want to read some of the text comments that have come up here. Ross Edwards says it was like attack versus defence training exercise in the second half. Peter Wills said. We look better, but what we lack is a finisher, too lightweight up front. Steve Taylor, sorry, guys. Who's the 16-year-old that was mentioned in the fans' forum? I don't know what that's about. It wasn't wasn't mentioned unless anyone knows who they're talking about. And then Matt Moore said, I thought Tanner looked much better and more attacking. Tommy needs to have taken one of those chances, although difficult to see in the away end. So, okay, we're at the end. Last day of November today, we've got a batch of five games coming up in the next 19 days as December the 3rd Norwich and then Hull on Friday the 22nd that takes us to the halfway point in the season i've just done a quick calculation eight points that's three against norwich draw at huddersfield lose at blackburn beat sunderland they lost at home to huddersfield last night get a point at home against hull eight points on the 25 that we got that's 33 points at the halfway station double it 66 points. That's what we are, Dave, isn't it? You know, we're and, until summit changes, we're that mid table 12th, 11th, 10th. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for Liam Manning to, you know, turn us into a top six side that the hierarchy think we are already without, without investment in players. And, and, I can't see any deviation away from that. I think what we have got is a team that will 
work hard, they'll stay in games, they'll be competitive, but we'll always be around that plus one, minus minus one goals for or against, I think. And that's the kind of side we are at the, at the moment. And that'll leave us in that kind of mid-table position. I, you know, my my cards on the table with Liam Manning, I, I think he's, in terms of the managers that come in and continue what Nigel Pearson has built, I think it's a good, it's a good choice. I'm, I'm right behind the guy, you know, and I, you'll know I love Nigel Pearson, but mm. I'm right behind Liam Manning. And I think he's coming in at a good point. He's got a reasonable squad, but it does need improvement. And, you know, and he needs probably a, get a couple of players back from, from injury without losing any more players through injury as well. So, yeah, I, th- I, 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 I'm hoping that we can get to the window and through the window and still be in a similar position to what we are now, you know, four, five, six points off of the, off of the playoffs, because that means if you do have a run, you'll be in the playoffs. And, you know, and if we do strengthen the squad and we have a run, then we give ourselves a chance. But, I think that's that's what he needs to do for me. And I'm saying, I say, I, I, I've listened to every single one of his interviews so far. I thought the the one at the fans forum, I think he actually meant that the fans forum actually kind of came out with a little bit of a success because I thought it was pretty poor apart from him and he shone massively above, say, above, above the, the other three. Was- yeah, the general view was that he was the best performer at the fans forum. Oh, by a by a country mile. So I like what he says. You know, it's not about what he says though, it's about what we do on the pitch. I think there's some little things I can see that are different. I don't think they're having a major impact in terms of overall performance and overall results. I don't expect them to either because we're stuck with the players we've got. And I don't think they're a bad bunch of players, but we lack the quality. Ian mentioned it just now that, you know. You add Antoine Semenya and Alex squad to that team last night, we look a different kettle of fish. Oh, but that's oh, but definitely. that's down to down to you know players' ambitions and also the club's ambitions of, of not not backing not spending the, enough not money. Backing the, you the, said the, if they'd have bought a couple more players of the, yeah. of I, the... I get a bit frust, a bit frustrated by people saying, Oh well, they didn't they obviously didn't want to back Nigel Pearson. Well, how ridiculous is that in my opinion? It's that they should be back in the football club. And and why waste half a season on not backing the manager because you don't like him when you could actually have had two more players in and you could be sat there in the playoffs now, couldn't you? I do think, though, I don't think they liked him and it's their train set and people who run their own businesses, you know, and you'll agree with this, Ian, people who run their own businesses, they make some crazy decisions, you know, and clearly he'd rattled the wrong cages. I mean, Ian, you know, just picking up on the point, uh, not so much about the Lansdowns and Pearson, but, you know, I predicted eight points from the five games prior in, up to the 22nd of December before you get a little break before Boxing Day. Takes us on to 33. You know, that's starting with three points against Norwich. Three of those eight against Norwich. Not going to be easy Sunday, is it? The championship games are. No. Um, you've no. got this... Uh, I don't want to get <clears throat> fixated because I think a lot of people are with the parachute payments, but they create an uneven playing field. And it's not slightly uneven, it's highly uneven. Now, when you get clubs that come down and they've got top-class players as well, so they not only get the 42, 43 million first-year parachute payment, they sell their better players. 
Mm. So, for example, Leicester sold James Morrison for 40 odd million. They sold RV Barnes for about the same money. So they've got that on top of the 100 million. Um, and they're a, they're a good size club uh, with their attendance wise, sort of around the 32, 35,000 mark. So you'd expect them to do well. Um, and that is, we can't, how do you deal with that? Well, what you'll have to do is do the stuff they're talking about and give the other clubs in the EFL more money and gradually phase the parachute payments out, which for Premier League clubs is a bit like turkeys voting for Christmas. So yeah. but the government have now said, well, if you don't do it, we're going to legislate and we'll make you do it. So come up with a plan, guys, because mm. and the parties of all particular all uh, colours, blue, orange, uh, red, are saying the same thing. So they know they're not going to get away with it. So apparently they've got a bank just like shy of a billion that they're going to spread across the rest of the game. But they can't agree at the moment exactly how, which once again is no surprise. But if they think they're doing it as a delaying tactic, it really won't work and they're going to get hammered by a regulator. Um, so uh, that'll help. But once again, I look in the top three and I can also see Ipswich. Not well, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, you Hull. know, Ipswich. Hang on, Hull. Are West Brom still getting any parachute payments, Dave? Um, I think this might be, I think this is their last season. I can quickly check for you and carry on. I'll have a look. So you've got those three up there. You've got Preston up there, who are definitely Blackburn, getting parachute Blackburn. payments. And Blackburn. Blackburn. Now, Preston are up for sale. Um, you can buy them for 40 million quid. They're 70 million in debt. So once again, they're half the half the clubs in the championship are up for sale. And probably there are more um, that haven't just openly come out and said, yeah, we're up for sale. I mean, we know from what Steve said that if he gets uh, the right offer and it's right for the club, um, in other words, it's not an asset stripper, then they would go with it. But john updated us and said no no news and there probably ain't going to be any news not not in the world we live in at the moment people aren't queuing up to buy championship clubs um, now west brom are, are out of parachute payments they only got the two years worth because they went up and straight back down the other teams brilliant. with parachute payments this season are watford um below Southampton, us. obviously um norwich Leicester, Nor below Leicester leeds yeah, those are the, the five the there five you go, teams Watford with parachute. And Norwich, those with parachute. Watford and Norwich. I didn't realise Norwich was so far down. Yeah, they've lost nine. Watford and Norwich, both with uh, parachute payments, and they're below us in the table. So, it, so it, you it, know. Still, it still needs to be managed, coached. But obviously, if you have got that money, it helps you. It and certainly helps you in terms of not um, being in breach of the profit and sustainability rules. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think the investment is is key. I think we they've made it clear, and I, I've asked them personally, uh, well, Gavin, that, that that money would be available if the right players are available. I mean, anybody thinks we're going to outspend five or six million pound on the strikers living in La La Land, but there are plenty of good players that are available in the loan market, and other clubs utilise them now. 
with with the loan market, as Brian Tinian, uh, sorry, Liam Manning said the other night, you don't want to close the pathway. But if someone's not quite ready now, then a loan player is a very good player to come in and fill that gap. So you bring them in. It's also try before you buy in some cases. Like we've done with Taylor Gomez. Exactly right. Um, and we've got uh, there are there are players out there, deals to be done in things that are available. And I think the board will sanction it. I also think on, on the subject of, of Nigel, um if Nigel Nigel would still be the manager of the football club if he hadn't started throwing hand grenades. Um and you, you can't do that with an owner. You you just no, no, well that's I've it. Said, I mean he's I've he's said before on the podcast up. I've I've worked I've worked for I've worked for owners and it's not like working for a manager or a CEO or an MD. You know, you you you've got to do, go about things. I would say with well, yeah, with kid gloves. You've got a lot of the time I used to do it by making him him think it was his idea, not mine. Yeah. Um but it, not everybody can do that. I can be mucking bullets, but I mean I I think Nigel is next level mucking bullets. Um yeah. And and I think that in in the end it came to a head, and he knew exactly what he was doing because he wasn't daft, and he'd been in football a long time and worked with owners previously. So yeah. I didn't I didn't dislike. I mean, anybody thinks I dislike Nigel has got it wrong. I didn't like a lot of the football we played, and I didn't like the results. Um, no, well, we didn't but, have we didn't really as, as, a, as a bloke we didn't really have, have an point, identity, guys. I, I know. Would I have a point with him? Yeah. I think we did have identities, Dave. I, I, I kind of really disagree that we didn't have identities under Nigel Pearson. We've had we had we had several because of the, the players we had. You know, mm. we 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 go back to you know we had an identity under um, when we played WSM and that we, we played counter attack. We played back yeah. back three and we you know went went from there. Um, then we then we kind of started to transition last season and then we moved to a back four and we tried to be a bit more controlled. So we have, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I this is aimed at you, it's aimed at a, a whole host of people. That there is a kind of lazy view out there that we didn't have an identity, we did. And all of the things that um, Liam Manning talks about in identity tend to be non-football things. They talk about hard, hard working, running through brick walls for each other, culture, all those kind of things. Yeah. And that's exactly what Nigel Pearson's put in place. And that's I think Liam Manning must must be looking at thinking, I've got a gig at a higher league club. Um and I'm taking over a club that doesn't need to kind of avoid relegation. He yeah. must be thinking this is a really good opportunity for himself. And and, and I Absolutely. think he's the right person to to take it yeah. on as well. So and, 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 and if he does moderately well here, he'll 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 become attracted to other people and because he's personally ambitious he will probably move on yeah no. that's good though isn't it that's that's you know well that's, that's good because as we've said when was the last Bristol time City a city doing manager better, left it? yeah sorry you know when was the last that's time? what we that's that's what we want isn't it we want bristol city to be doing well whoever's in charge and yeah. you know and if it happens yeah. to be liam man and he goes on to something better i guess it's a bit like joe jordan when he went off to hearts all those years ago you know he left the club in a good position because it was doing doing well wouldn't it and that's yeah. that's ultimately what we want yeah yeah. That's exactly right. No. I'd, I'd never come. I've never come across a City fan in real life that wanted us to lose it uh, because of the manager. I've never met one. Um, I, I, I dare say from stuff I read on social media, they're out there. But you made a good point earlier on, Dave, about people with agendas. You know, there are the cult of Nige, Um and there are people. I, I'm in that, Ian. I think I, if people are listening to this today, think they would know that actually 
you can like someone, but it doesn't mean you have to dislike Liam Manning either. I don't yeah. see why no, people can't, div no, can't divorce that, opinions. Well, like I said, I didn't dislike Nigel. I disliked a lot of the football, and I, and I didn't think we were going to get um, we were going to go anywhere under him. I didn't think we were going to get relegated yeah. this season either. No. Um, so I think it, it depends if you know the board give them to their credit or possibly to their demerit um have made the change now it, Liam Manning is the absolute antithesis of, of Nigel Pearson Liam Manning's not come it's not a basket case he's coming he's coming to a club that is you could call it an established championship team and and he he's said himself you know I'm coming into a, a situation here he's going to need to work hard in coach um but they've made that change and they've also, as importantly, I think, made some pretty serious changes to the medical and fitness team. Yeah, yeah. Because once again, some they've obviously woken up to the fact that we just keep getting a pile of injuries. Yeah. And something somewhere has to be wrong. And I know other clubs get injuries. I know if you look at Newcastle at the moment, they've got a lot of injuries. United have had them. Um, and by the way, anybody that's moaning about Max O'Leary, go and have a look at the bloke they bought for 15 million quid. That, <laughs> well, they pay for him about what, would, He might yeah. be good with a ball at his feet, but he ain't very good at keeping it out the net. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm um, no, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, and I don't care. Who, I really don't care if Donald Duck's the manager. If if he can get us Premier League football, then that's God it. bless him. Okay. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think the thing is, we've we've said we're very much like Dave. You know, we we're we're well. Nigel um, did lots of good things. You said about the identities, Dave. You talked about multiple identities because it was a back three, then it was a WSM, and he had multiple identities, but we never had one that we stuck with, not for any other reason, because of just circumstance, you know? I mean, when we went from a back three to a back four, that seemed to stumble on that, and that promoted the good form. But, uh, you know, WSM... It was in a, was was in a, cup, a game, cup game against Swansea, wasn't yeah. it? Just, just, yeah. just quickly... Um, we're playing Norwich on Sunday. Mm. In terms of home form, City are now in current form. We're the seventh best team in the division. Uh, we picked up 67% of our uh, of the points on offer. Okay. Uh, one four, drew none, lost two. Scored 11, conceded 17. Now, Norwich away are 18th. They played six, won one, drew one, lost four. They scored 10 goals in those games, but they conceded 17. So they picked up four points, which is 22% of the ones they played for. So we shouldn't go into that game with fear, but we're going to yeah. need to defend properly against them because they got they're assigned it will, no, they, they will score goals players. against well, you. Well, we can, we can see how that went because we'll be recording our Norwich Review podcast at uh, 7 o'clock on uh, Sunday evening. Um it's time to wrap this episode up. Thanks to Dave for coming on. Always welcome. We could talk for ages uh, more, I'm sure, about uh, you know who we should buy or whatnot in the transfer window because it's going to be very uh, interesting. Never a dull moment watching uh, City. Ian, thanks as always. Thanks to those of you that have uh, taken the trouble to listen while we've been recording uh, live thanks, on guys. Uh, YouTube. Um, everybody. Have a good day and let's hope for three points on Sunday lunchtime against Norwich. All the best, everybody. Goodbye. God bless all. Bye-bye. Cheers all. Bye-bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. 
when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin's out, ba-ba-bobbing along. Red Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.